Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. This <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. Yep, we're back in the saddle again. I'm back in the saddle again. Out where a friend is a friend. What's this? Something sticky on this saddle. What's going on with that? Why are you looking at me? I don't know. Just, just wondering, that all. Hey, you know what? We're um, rounding our third... Uh, wait, see. This will be our third year of doing the podcast. We're starting no. our third... Is that right? You are right. We started two years ago in January. Right. Sometime so, in January. So it's we're starting our third year. So this is... How does that work again? Remember how it, be- so, it began We rather humbly, you know, when we... We had no sponsors. We didn't make. We weren't making any money. And, yeah, but, I do but, remember but that. But now here we are, starting our third year, and and, and uh, uh, you know, you know how yep, peop- some now. people get attached to things because they like them the way they are, and they don't change. Right. That's the deal with this podcast too. <laughs> right. We we pledge to never change it. That's right. <laughs> I will tell you this: uh, it is such a pleasure doing this podcast with you, as compared to hmm. being on a radio stations when we fill in sometimes i'm not saying that's so horrible right but the the commercial breaks breaking for traffic mm-hmm. incessant news it, you can't get you, you cannot have a conversation you can't tell a story of any length right you can't you can't even um seed the story to right. sort of set it up because you gotta you gotta move on it's it's difficult and i i i realize that we actually were a little spoiled. I think I told you this before yeah. because we came from an environment when we were working on the buzz. I, I think King 1090, although I wasn't on your staff then, I was just your traffic person. But I think there was still a, um, you had a lot of leash given to you yeah. in those days. We're, I was very lucky that way. And that's why um, it, it's just hard to to fill in for someone because there are a lot more rules as as probably they should be justified sure having. absolutely that we're not they, there should be rules we're just really bad at following them yeah we got we got the the chance to just do our thing and and we would do ridiculous things that you just can't do and maybe I've talked about this before but we would do bits like we would do uh, try to set a, a new re- record for the longest period of dead air <laughs> intentional dead air on the air and that's anathema to a program door you can't just have dead it would be like this we would set it up and i said okay we're going to set the record 
for dead air, our previous all-time high was nearly 30 seconds. I think we went 29. So if we can make it to 30 seconds, we will establish a new record for dead air. And but we wouldn't turn our mics off, so right, you can so still hear little, things. Yeah, you can still hear things going on. <laughs> yeah. So here we go, and starting now. Hey, can you pass me that? Oh, shoot! Oh, we dang. were almost there. Oh, dang. <laughs> so we, we never quite break our record. <laughs> and maybe it wasn't that funny, but we thought it was funny. Yeah. I think that was part of it, too, was just having fun and being relaxed. Um, I like if it's too scripted, I think you lose some of the, um, I don't know, the inherent... Inability fun. to complete a sentence. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not thinking very clearly today, but it, that's I think what made it so fun. Well, it, there it, wasn't a it, lot of prep. We used to joke about show prep, and and yeah. that's actually what was a lot of fun. You and I hardly ever spoke before we went into um, went into the sta radio station, mainly because you'd get there one minute till we when we Sometimes started. I even had to start the show on from the your phone car. from the cell phone. But yeah. we, but it worked. It it worked. I I have I have trouble with sometimes the best stuff gets left on the prep table because you're interacting and that save it for the air, save it for the air is really valuable. Yeah, and that's why I, know, I don't like meeting with you before we that, do. I noticed we do that a show. I heard Regis and and uh, Kelly talk about that one time. Really, when they were working together, that they would not even see each other. I think that's until really they important. walked out. So and then they she would, you know, tell what did you do last night? Oh, yeah. we went to this, we did that. So yeah, I yeah. think that for us worked really well. I can see that that is lost on a lot of people who when we fill in they yeah. don't understand that i don't want to see you before johnny carson used to do the same thing he was he never went to the guest dressing room right. before right. they came out it that's what was so beautiful about that spontaneity he wouldn't come out either until they introduced him here's johnny the audience didn't see him before that right uh, whereas letterman comes out and jokes around with the audience oh. and then does ca callbacks during the show to particular people in the audience that are right, right. cutting away to them. Um, but I like protracted, silly things like that. A friend of mine, <laughs> D.W. Clark, I've told, talked to you about him before, he did does this bit where he's, he leaves a phone message for you. It sounds funnier as a phone message than this, but he does a bit and he says, well, and then he goes, okay, well, I'm going to hang out now. And then he... And that's all on yeah, your recording. It's all on the recording, and it goes on for a minute of him trying to put the receiver in the cradle. Was he? The, that's funny to me. I, was he the same one? Was he the same one that would uh, that pulled the airplane prank where you he would get on the airplane and open the vent and order a Seven Up? No, that was somebody else. Oh, but yeah, I've told that story a hundred yeah. times. Yeah, and if it, it's very it, funny, I don't have the <clears throat> I don't have the huevos to try it myself. But I it, the way it worked is this, this guy had his dad was a character, and so. It was told by the kid. And the dad got on a plane one time, and he told the flight attendant at that first greets you when you come on the plane. Right when you walk in the door, yeah. He says, I'm going to be sitting in seat 22A way back there. Okay. 
as soon as the uh, you know the seatbelt sign comes on, you could that you you're free to walk around. Would you immediately please bring me a Seven Up? Immediately, I need to, I need to take take some pills before the formal yes. drink yes. service. Starts. You won't you won't forget, will you? Oh no, I'll bring it right. Thank you, thank you. So, so they get on, they get seated on the plane. Plane takes off, and then boom, that little sound goes off, and he gets um, he gets up out of his seatbelt and grabs that little air that the, little the air thingy the air thingy, and and speaks into it <laughs> loud enough for everybody sitting around him to hear. He says. Yes, uh, can you bring me a uh, 7-Up, please? I'm in seat 22A. I need a 7-Up, a uh, can of 7-Up, please. Thank you very much. Make sure everybody can hear him. That's so funny. And, and then, course- sure enough, sure, here she comes with the 7-Up, and everybody goes, oh, my God. I never knew that thing. You could do that with that thing. Everybody was biting on it. It was a terrific, funny bit. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Uh where were we? I don't know yeah, where we, we were. We were somewhere. I forget. What were we, well, anyway, I have no I idea. Can't remember. Maybe we'll think of it. Maybe we won't. But we were just talking about the stuff we used to do on the radio that was uh, probably a big reason well, you, why we're not you, on the radio. Where we were was you were, you were saying that it was nice to work with me on the podcast. If you want to go back to that, you can. Nah, forget that. Oh, you're that. done with that? Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, but, it, but it's true. Hey, um... I just, I, you've got dogs, I know, and I, we've got a couple of dogs, and they always uh, amaze us and amuse us with the, the things that they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, one dog does w- one thing. They're, they're entirely different, even though they're they s- are. the same breed and dogs everything. Dogs have very different personalities. One dog, just she could play with the ball all day. I'd throw the ball literally all day, and she will go all day until she collapses. That's, mm-hmm. that's her thing. That's her she doesn't get joy. bored with it. No, yeah. no, it doesn't matter. And she's so good. Yeah, I'm thinking, man, this is an athlete. She I, is good. I, I've I seen her I can throw action. the ball, and she one the one time she, the ball bounced on the driveway, and she turned. Her, she was looking, not even looking at the ball. She turned. She heard it bounce. Turned and caught it without even slowing down from behind. Without her. even looking. Wow. At it. Yeah, it was just something. She's amazing. But the other dog, he's got his own skills. He's kind of more lazy, and he doesn't like chasing balls but what I, he does like to do is i take a frisbee mm-hmm. and i'll turn the frisbee upside down and i'll start and i'll throw it down the driveway and he'll run after it and surfboards it <laughs> for several feet i mean he's really good at it that's very yeah, funny he loves it says it's scraping down the side driveway and his his feet are on it so that he's got his talent he, the other thing he can do this is it my the dog's name is elliot you can Give him an object, anything he can get in his mouth, and tell him to take it somewhere. Wow. So we take, you know, we have this next-door neighbor, you know, hey, do you have, uh, and it could be anything. He's good at it. Uh, do you have a couple of eggs I can borrow? Sure. I'll, you know, no I'll send, way. I'll send Elliot right over. No way. Put the, you put the eggs in a little plastic bag and, and say, take this. The next-door neighbor's name's lady is Rhonda. Take these to Rhonda. Out he goes. Can be into the night. Did you hear that sound I just made? I know. That sets every, him. That sets Every him off. time you do that, what, yeah. Why? I don't know. We don't know why. Hey, Elliot. No, don't do it. Don't make him crazy on purpose. Elliot. <clears throat> don't don't make him crazy on purpose. He just starts searching for something every time I make that noise. Huh. I wonder what that is. I'm sorry. What? <clears throat> what did you say? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yo, I did? you're in trouble. Uh-oh. 
Oh, boy. Like wide open. You know why that's a problem if I left the doors open I, I on don't our think truck? Any, I don't think anybody... Because our... our uh, uh, that was my wife coming, getting the car keys for me. Yeah. I left the doors open on the truck. If the truck doesn't start, oh, we're we're sunk because Wait. our car, our other car, is also has a dead battery right now. We're marooned. I have a battery. I have a car. I'm here. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, we'll jump it with your car. You're not sunk, except I don't know how to do that stuff. So hopefully, you know how to do it. Well, I don't know how to do it, but I think the dog Elliot does. Well, He's how pretty good at it? Can why'd you leave the tr- doors open? I was getting something out of it, trying to get those little <gasps> kids. You know, well, and you just left it open. I forgot that it was open. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're in trouble. Well, we'll find out. We should be able to hear the car start out there, or uh-huh. or her screaming. I don't at hear you. anything yet. Yeah. Oh boy, mm-hmm. that's all right. I got a. I got a. All right. I got a car and a battery. <clears throat> well, we'll we'll continue with this, uh, but might have to. Still don't hear it. Oh, this is not good. <laughs> so, but anyway, the dog Elliot can you? He can take things and he does it in the middle of the night. Go through the dark. And what a smart through. boy! And he's a Springer Spaniel. Springer yeah. Spaniels are very smart. A lot of, they have a lot of energy, though. <clears throat> yeah, they a do. A lot of energy. Sp- they call them Springers for a reason. That's they like to leap. And uh, but uh, I'm also impressed though about a dog's intelligence, which you don't think dogs just kind of react to stuff. Uh, in, in a dog-like way, you know, but they can learn words and phrases. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said, take this to Rhonda. He knows what that means. He mm-hmm. knows who Rhonda is. And, you know, he, and he has a number of words and sentences that he responds to and understands. Yeah, dogs have a actually a lot bigger vocabulary uh, than we initially thought. They've done studies on this where dogs know not just hundreds of words, but hundreds of hundreds of words. And I used to have a cocker spaniel named Molly who knew the no- every t- time I would buy her a toy, I would say, okay, here's your octopusy. And she would know that that particular octopus toy was named that, or here's your bear, or here's your sheepy. And I would only have to do it a couple of times. And then hmm. they could be in a big pile in the toy box. And I'd say, go get your sheepy. And she would go and dig through all of the toys and pull the sheepy out. I yeah. saw a guy uh, on smart. TV uh, who had thousands of those dog toys. Yeah. But demonstrated on a talk show. That's amazing. Yeah. So. It's amazing. Dogs are smart. I love my dog as much as I love you. Do you make faith? My dog will always come through. All he asks from me is the food to give him strength. All he ever needs is love, and that he knows he'll get. So I love my dog as much as I love you. But they're having thoughts, or they at least can respond to thoughts, which uh, which brings us to something that you spotted. Yeah, this was kind of interesting. I found this article this week and and uh, about being able to translate your dog's thoughts into English, and I thought, oh, what is this? Is a, a, this is a real device that is actually getting some traction um, with uh, uh, Indiegogo, which is one of those platforms that help people. Um, start projects and get money to back it. Ah. Um, 
which is really interesting. In fact, that very cool smartwatch that you got me mm-hmm. for the holidays, thank you, by the way, that was a Kickstart project. Did you know that? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, the Pebble Pebble smartwatch was um, a Kickstart project. So um, anyway, so this is called No More Woof. It's an actual device that you put on your dog's head, and the project's actually... Now, this, I don't know about this. Well, look at you already. Wow. Well, I mean... What? Well... Mm. Okay, keep do going. Do you want me to explain it? Well, yeah. I mean, do, do, do they do they contend that this works? Yeah, it's a, it's a headset you put on on your dog, and there's sensors apparently inside that pick up signals, brain signals. What are those machines that they run you through? EKG, EEG, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So the, it picks up these signals and attempts attempts to translate those EEG signals but into But isn't this well, one of those magic thoughts. eight ball things where you <laughs> ask it a question and it, it random thing floats up? Oh, yeah. But it is certain. Yeah. <laughs> I always hated the one, ask again later. Yeah. No, I need to know right, <laughs> right now. now. Yeah. So uh, this uh, actually came out. It's a uh, the Swedes. The, it's a Swedish product development center that from started the people this who thing. brought us the meatballs. Exactly. Yeah. So it's and they're kind of known for their quite crazy, quirky inventions. Anyway, like there was um, an iPad charging rocking chair they invented. Do you remember that thing? <laughs> no. That's how you would charge it. And then Good they idea, they also created a lamp that a hovering lamp that would follow you around mm-hmm. as you went from room to room. So yeah. So this is sort of quirky and crazy but their contention is that thoughts are the result of electric signals in the brain they can be recorded therefore they should be able to be interpreted now they do make the the point that that dogs think in a different way than humans well sure so it's it's going to be interesting to figure out what exactly they they do believe they'll be able to tell you the basics of you know i'm tired or i'm hungry or i want to play i want to go to the bathroom or who are you but we can kind of already figure that out there's ways that dogs communicate to us without having to to get to tap into their brains so it'll be interesting to see where this goes they have already raised uh, nearly sixteen thousand dollars, which uh, well surpasses their ten thousand dollar goal, um, and they've got a couple of months left to go on the project, hmm. and we'll see what happens. But I think well, it, I remain you, skeptical. Would you, would you want to know what what like like what if you strap this thing onto Sadie's yeah. head and she went, God, I think he's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> I almost don't want to know what my dog's thoughts are. I can't or, believe God, that guy. Her... That guy throws the ball. It was like such a wimp. God, I can't. I hate it when she leaves me in her room while she's dressing. She's got the biggest butt. <laughs> I mean. Well, I think. I mean, everybody who's ever owned a dog, I think, has this feeling at some point. Gosh, I wish I knew what he was thinking. I wish yeah, he could use talk. Use your words. Use your words. But but that's the that's what's so great about dogs. They don't talk. Yeah. They don't mouth off to you. You right. know, they're just that's why we love them. I you know. know. We, they have, we have as soon as you start communicating in a you know way word way with with other yeah, living creatures. Yeah, then it's going to get all personal. Yeah, then it starts to fall apart. Right, right. It can also get more intimate, but ultimately it's more trouble. So that's right. I, I just think that the, a wordless friend is. I think you're right. I don't know. Valuable. I don't know that this is a good idea. It doesn't stop us from talking to them, but uh, oh, I know they don't talk back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's that's not something you want. Is a talking dog. 
Well, one that you can read there. He won't be able to talk. You'll at least be able to translate what he's thinking. I don't want to know what my dogs are thinking. Although, my hunch is they're pretty much only thinking about three things. Yeah. Eating, playing. And licking. And licking. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which I guess is, that's pretty much all I think about. I love my dog. But I think the idea of a talking animals has intrigued people mm-hmm. forever. There have been so many movies and TV shows. Right. Mr. Ed. You and know. The Babe the Pig. Yeah. Uh, Before Mr. Cute. Ed, there was Francis the Talking Mule uh, in the movies. Right. Um, and, and others. Speaking of the Mr. Ed, uh, that um, I could never figure out why that guy, uh, played by Alan Young, Wilbur, he was called, name was Wilbur. The what, ho- the horse was? No, the, the guy that owned the horse. Ed was the oh, horse. Oh, see, yeah. I never saw it. Yeah. I mean, I knew of it. So Ed was the horse. Yeah, and Mr. Wilbur, Mr. Ed, yes. And Wilbur was his. Wilbur oh. kept him out in the barn. And it was only, only he, the horse only talked to Wilbur. So, Wilbur, oh. no, hello, Wilbur. And, Hi, Ed. And, and so I, I think Wilbur was in the ad business or something. So he worked out in his barn. It's kind of a shop. Mm-hmm. But Wilbur had this really hot wife. Uh, I mean, she was uh, pneumatic, just built like a, oh my goodness sakes. But the idiot's out there with his horse all the time. Well, it talks. Even as a kid, I thought, that's so stupid, man. What are you doing? And if you do have a talking horse, why not make some money off of it? Why are you keeping it a secret? Don't you uh, think if he's the only one who could hear it talk, that maybe the whole premise of the show is that he was a little nuts and that it didn't really talk? Yeah. Well, yeah, there is that. To yeah. It. There is that. Potentially, he was hearing things. And his hot really wife happen. was like, thank God he's out in the barn because yeah. he's nuts. Yeah. I, <clears throat> yeah. It, that, it, that just never made any sense to me. There was this, uh, this uh, preacher uh, years ago. And I remember that we actually did the story uh, on the radio, who contended that, among other things, if you played the theme song to Mr. Ed, you you could hear satanic messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that that most people weren't weren't picking up on it. But there were satanic. There are there satanic were subliminal messages. Subliminal sort of yeah. things tucked in there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so we'll just play it for you now and you know see if you hear anything. Uh, it's it, it's never made any sense to me where he was coming from, but here here it is. You judge for yourself. Hello, I'm Mr. Satan. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Satan. Go right to the source and ask the horse. He'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. Satan. People yakety-yak the streak and waste your time a day. But Mr. Satan. Will never speak unless he has something to say. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. And this one will talk till his voice is hoarse. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. I am Mr. Satan! 
Okay. See, yeah, I, 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 I don't I don't get anything. I just don't hear it. I, no. I, I, I he was just a little loopy. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. Perfectly sweet, fun little song. I, I don't I don't get it. Um. So anyway, I've been so much for talking dogs and talking animals and All stuff right. like that. Uh, there was a guy named William Sapphire, who, among other things, wrote Sorry about wrote that. what was that noise? It sounded like a bell. Oh, sounds pretty good. It's what, the that? it's the script stand. It's a music stand. It's yeah. Yours. Um, he, uh, as I was saying, William Sapphire wrote uh, uh, columns on language. That was his thing. And he he would parse language and ask and pose questions. Why do we say things the way we do and all of this kind of stuff? He was also, and you'll have to forgive him for this, a speechwriter for for uh, Richard Nixon. Oh, well, Nixon was in the White House, but I, nonetheless, uh, otherwise. Why forgive him for that? He's not the one who did anything bad. Mm, I don't know. Are those well, my glasses? These could be your glasses. Are those your wife's glasses? Yeah, these are. I'm they wearing look a, really girly. Yeah, well, they are. And that, but this is a podcast, and if you hadn't pointed it out, no one would be the wiser. <laughs> it's just reading glasses are great because it doesn't. You can just pick reading glasses. Anybody's reading glasses for the most part, you can pick up and just instantly be able to. Right. It's one of those those types of things that you can just swap and share. You go to Costco or some of those places, and they'll give you can get buy like three. Yeah. reading glasses right don't do it i think Why? they charge you like 20 bucks plus for that go for th- to the dollar store you can get a pair of perfectly fine reading glasses That's true. for a dollar so we buy multiple and we have them all over the house yeah but how do you know that they don't have um uh tree frog poison on the on the lenses and you're I mean that's why they're maybe in a, in the dollar store because yeah. they're they're dangerous to your health. Mm, I don't know or they're about made that. With, made with BCPs or, or whatever. But, and you can get them in different strengths as well. So you know we have some that are at three point seven five or whatever. You know, so for really tough reading, but we get different kinds for different uses. Yeah. But I did buy this is one little caveat, Amtor. I did buy a pair there, where there the two lenses were wildly different in their in their strength mm-hmm. so yeah you just you couldn't you could you do have to try them on and look check them googly eyed okay so anyway this fellow william sapphire uh wrote a, one of his columns on language was called have a nice day and i thought it was interesting because everybody says that uh, now, and they've been saying it for years have yeah. a nice day and they also and i know you'll get to i know you'll get to the to this but after the holidays i've heard Many people saying or asking me, and they probably ask you, "Did you have a nice Christmas?" And what if I didn't have a nice Christmas? What am I supposed to say? Hang on a second. Oh, somebody just arrived. That's what my wife said. She just put her hair in curlers, and great. Now somebody's just arrived. Oh, do we yeah. have to go answer the door? She never did tell us if the truck started. That's right. I don't know. I didn't. I thought I heard it start when you were when you were talking a little earlier, but I can't guarantee that it did. The tension is palpable. Well, now what? Well, I think we've. Uh, I think we've got a special guest. I'll, I can talk about this William Sapphire thing okay. later. Okay. All right. Let me put that aside. All right. There is a wonderful film out that has gotten lots of plaudits, a lot of great reviews. It has gotten its lead actor 
a Golden Globe nomination. He won the Best Actor Award at Cannes Film Festival. That's, that's all fun stuff. It's Hollywood stuff. It's celebrity stuff. But the reason it's intriguing to me is because for the first time in my life, I know a screenwriter. Yes, and you're not six degrees got, of separation. You actually are one degree of separation. From I shared an office with him. Yes. His name is Bob Nelson, and he is, uh, well, he's with us on our podcast, yes. and he is really the first in-person guest we have ever had yeah. in uh, over two years of doing this podcast. Welcome, Bob. It's nice to have you. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, you know, when I you guess started I didn't get, that... I guess I didn't get to the point yeah. that you wrote the movie, Nebraska, that is out right now and, and is nominated. Yeah, I, f I thought you were going to for forget that. But when you started that <laughs> description, I, I thought I really thought you were talking about gravity. Oh, but yes. Yeah, so, oh, you, oh, we're going to talk about Nebraska. <laughs> so you told the sheriff that you were walking to Nebraska. That's right. To get my million dollars. This is Woody Grant. We are now authorized to pay one million dollars to Woodrow T. Grant of Billings, Montana. This is his son. You didn't win anything. It's a complete scam. So you got to stop this, okay? I'm running out of time. This is his wife. I never knew the son of a bitch even wanted to be a millionaire. He should have thought about that years ago and worked for it. How much longer is he going to be around? What's the harm in letting him have his little fantasy for just a couple more days? This is his family. Woody hears the talk of the town. Why didn't you tell us you was rich, Woody? David said not to. You got it on you. Yeah, we sure would like to see what a million dollars looks like. And this is the problem. God damn, Woody Grant's a millionaire! Next round is on Woody! If Woody hit it rich and I don't see any of it, that would be wrong. Are you threatening my family? Everybody's saying how Woody Grant's a millionaire. That's no big deal. No big deal? Jeez, million here, a million there. Well, the newspaper's gonna do a big write-up on you. Ah, uh, now... Right. You would, you probably want to know yeah. um, what what I think of the movie. Uh, yeah, it, when you, when you went, I heard you went three times. Uh, no, actually, uh, went to Gravity three times, <laughs> uh, but I have uh -huh. not been to Nebraska. Yeah, either the place or the movie yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, it's only been out five weeks. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah, I, know. That, I, I thought yeah. I'll lie to him and tell him I did go see it. Yeah. But then you might question me. Uh -huh. What did you think of that one <laughs> scene where they varied from mm -hmm. my original screenplay and? Mm -hmm. Now, it seems to me as a, as yeah. the screenwriter, you would have mm -hmm. access to tons of copies, illegal copies, uh -huh. legal copies, pirated yeah. copies, uh -huh. all sorts of copies for us to see the movie on. We don't have to pay twenty dollars uh -huh. to go see the movie. Not that uh -huh. we wouldn't; it's probably worth it. Well, yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> but I actually went to the Guild Forty Fifth and had to pay twelve dollars <laughs> myself to get in. Oh, so didn't you just show me no. your ID and go, "Hey, look, so here's me." <laughs> Bob Nelson's no. a pretty common yep. name, and okay, I nice wrote try. this movie. Well, Can I it get was in? funny as they were ticking tickets at the door. I think it was actually the manager, and he had his head down, and as he took my ticket, he said, "Nice writing." And he never looked wow. up. Wow, that was Good. it. Good. So, wow. Uh, How about that? Yeah. So I, I didn't start this very well. This, no. To be clear about no, this. No, you didn't. This is an actual <laughs> yeah. movie. Do you want to start over? Called Nebraska. I probably should. <laughs> yeah. With Bruce Dern and Will Fort, Tay and yep. June Squibb, who's mm -hmm. also been nominated for mm -hmm. Golden Globe. Mm -hmm. and, and Bob o Oden Dirk. 
Odenkirk. Odenkirk was in it. One of our favorite actors. Directed by a celebrated director named mm-hmm. Alexander Payne. He's done movies mm-hmm. like Sideways and About Schmidt and uh, the all, a whole bunch. And so Descendants. The Descendants. Oh yeah. 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 Never saw it. That was a good. Yeah. That was a good film. Uh, mm-hmm. And Bob Nelson, meanwhile, uh, uh, mm-hmm. in relative obscurity, mm-hmm. wrote this screenplay called Nebraska ten years ago, and it, uh, in short order, through a delightful set of lucky circumstances, found itself into the right hands. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen to most people, but it did for Bob, and and it's but it, it took ten years to finally make the movie. Why did it take so long, Bob? Uh, well, Alexander Payne uh, became attached uh, right away in 2003, and we just waited for him. Uh, he told us at the time it will not be the next movie after the one he was about to shoot, which was Sideways. Mm-hmm. And it took him seven years before he did that next movie, which was The Descendants. And then after that, he started gearing up for Nebraska. So uh, he kept his word. Uh, but it took ten years. How, so, how does a screenwriter, if you're you're just sitting around mm-hmm. writing screenplays, what's the process from wow, I've got mm-hmm. something really solid here to yeah. getting it in front of a director like him? What? Uh, how do you do that? Well, that's the tough part. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, well, I was working at uh, Bill Nye had an adult show at KCTS called Eyes of Nye. And he Bob was a writer on that show. Right, yes. right, okay. And uh, a producer named Julie Thompson came up from L.A. to work on the show. And she found out I'd written a script right before I started with Bill because I was getting ready to go down to L.A. and try and get a job in TV. And Kit Boss, who's also from the Seattle area. and is, Used to be a Seattle Times writer. Yes, and he worked on the first Bill Nye show. And he went down to L.A. and he did King of the Hill and all sorts of other things. He's He's been working all the time. He told me... It, uh, the TV people like to read uh, more than just uh, Simpson samples, samples, yeah. and uh, so he said, <clears throat> right now they really like to read movie scripts. So if you've ever had an idea, write that up. So I wrote it up. Wow! And so I had that. And I was getting ready to move to LA with Valerie, and uh, uh, that's when Bill Nye called. So that got interrupted by a year, but it was very fortunate because Julie uh, was my boss, and she asked to read it. And then she said, you know, there's this guy I work on a, a charity board with named Ron Yerksa, and they make small films, and maybe he would be interested in this. And it turned out that they had produced Election, which was an early film of Alexander Payne, right? and really put him on the map. Mm-hmm. That was uh, with uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Wonderful movie, yeah. It was very good. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so they sent it to Alexander saying, do you want to be an executive producer which is the kind of they kind of help shepherd the movie and try and raise funds for it, uh, but they don't uh, d- direct necessarily. They didn't right. think he would be interested in directing. It's a very small story, mm-hmm. and uh, he surprised us all by saying, "I want to direct it, but it's going to be a while." What but a red it, what, letter what, day for yeah. you! Yeah, but what yeah. what's what is also interesting about it is that Alexander Payne, like most people, auteurs, uh, really he had only uh, done his own. Writing, before. I mean, mm-hmm. his movies. Oh, are, he produced uh, only movies he had written. Only yeah. movies he had written. Wow, so he, that that's made a this huge really, compliment. Really different. Yeah, he, he uh, co-wrote uh, was co-writer with uh, a guy from the Bellevue area, Jim Taylor. Uh, they wrote uh, Citizen Kane, Election, and About Schmidt together, and, and Sideways. So, so uh, did they? Yeah. But they had some. 
some input on your script, but basically mm -hmm. what we see on the screen in this movie, Nebraska, mm -hmm. is Bob Nelson. Alexander did his own pass before he shot because he's a writer, so he, he made some changes. They uh, were, were very nice. A, a lot of good stuff came out of that, so I got very lucky. As a screenwriter, what um, do, are you typically allowed to make any suggestions in terms of casting or are you just sort of do you i guess do you know your place or is there a place for the screenwriter there's definitely a place okay and what you, is that well it differs depending on who the sure. producers and, and especially the director is now sure. alexander was very polite with me Good. but very formal and, and so it, it basically was after i did i got to do one rewrite based on his notes oh but as it got time for writing, he did his own rewrite, and then he sent it to me saying, what are your thoughts? So he was very But they don't typically generous. have to do that. They can no. go, hey, yeah. this part sucked, and I rewrote it, and, it, you, and it, you just have to take it. In most cases, my original screenplay would have been torn to shreds and started over with the premise and maybe— Wow, this uh, is But great, I ended then. up with the, the very same characters, the same structure, almost, almost the same story. Really cool. But he just did a lot of nice finesse work and— uh, uh, that, that doesn't happen. It'll never happen again. So uh, you just uh, better like it while you got it. Yeah, Enjoy or just retire now. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, either way. Uh, well, that's what we like. Yeah. I think so, that's what, well, what I liked, and I think, yeah. Bob, too, about the show we first met at, Almost Live, is that we, um, you know, we got to write our stuff, and then we got to have a hand in how it turned out. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. produced it, supervised the right. editing of it, or in my case, I edited it myself. Right. You could you could cast yourself or other people in it. Mm -hmm. So that control uh, mm -hmm. it was wonderful. But and for, probably but not for screenwriters. That's yeah, rare. Not that's, seen much yeah. here. Well, the producers did ask me uh, send in a list of possible uh, actors to play these characters. But I did. I wasn't sending that directly to Alexander, who's the who's the guy who right. does who does the choosing, and he's very good at, at casting. So I was almost afraid to throw names out and distract him. Uh, he, he's one of the better ones in Hollywood. Uh, so uh, does he have a tendency you know, to work with actors he's worked before with in his movies? So it could have been George Clooney, maybe that ended up <laughs> playing the uh, part of Bruce Dern, right? No, uh, I did see Clooney in the role. I see he, Clooney in every yeah. role. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, Nicholson, I, I see Clooney in every. He can uh -huh. play and he can be anything. Yeah, no, he uh, a little bit, but he mainly casts according to what he thinks is best. So he hasn't yeah. really had a lot of repeats in actors. Now he originally uh, Bob wanted another yeah. actor for the lead role, yeah. and, and just just so folks know, if they haven't seen it yet, and I can't imagine that we've seen it Bob by now. But uh, that uh, this is a, a sort of an odyssey story. Mm -hmm. uh, an older man thinks he's won the lottery. His, his son says, "No, you didn't," and says, "Then I'm going to. I'll go collect the money myself." The son decides, "Look, I'll, I'll, I'll drive you. I'll take you. You can't drive anyway." So let's. So they go on this trip and they encounter old friends, old enemies, family members, and other people along the way. It's a lovely story and it has a nice. Ending and there's no monsters in it. There are no car are there major boobs? car crashes. Are there any boobs? No, no boobs. No I boobs. don't think any boobs are in it. I was oh I was gonna tell Lisa that there's several sub submarines. Oh so uh you wouldn't <laughs> expect you, that in a movie called Nebraska. But that's kind of a spoiler. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should have said now that. Now you're gonna go see that movie. Yeah, aren't you, I will, Lisa? absolutely. Yeah. I love yeah. submarines. But yeah. uh, so but the original uh, as we've mentioned, Bruce Dern plays the title character, but uh -huh. uh, not the title character. He's the main has the main role. But 
His name isn't Larry Nebraska, is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. No. But uh, Alexander Payne had somebody else in mind originally for that, right? Well, I know. Uh, actually, 10 years ago, it was Bruce. He, oh, thought, he thought of him immediately. But when they got close to shooting, the, the studio always has oh, yeah. requests. So the studio asked him to go through a process and see if any other actor might uh, work out, and especially for uh, for the studio purposes. I got mm -hmm. you. So a letter was sent uh, to Gene Hackman. That was uh, the only one that I'm aware mm -hmm. of that they uh, approached. It wasn't an offer. They were just going to see what he thought. And I guess he didn't either didn't respond or just said, I'm still retired. He hasn't done a movie in 10 years. Himself. Yeah, right. He, yeah. He, he's declared that he's retired. So uh, w when he didn't respond, uh, I think they did look at other actors, but uh, no one uh, knocked uh, Bruce Stern off of the King of the Hill game. <laughs> so, he, well, he's, yeah. by all accounts, fantastic in it. And, yeah. Uh, uh, probably will garner an Oscar nomination, too, as I mm. bet uh, a certain screenwriter mm. will well, the best and original screenplay. We haven't mm. mentioned really no. the reason that we have Bob here is because he's... Because yeah. if this hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't have dragged him onto the yeah. podcast, uh -huh. is that he's been nominated for a Golden Globe. We didn't did even you, mention did that. Did you hear about that, Bob? Did you know that you've been nominated I, You know, I did. I, I meant to ask before we even started here, will this be aired... Before or after the Golden Globes, because I want—I I need to know what my attitude should be well, if I'm—if okay. I'm kind of pissed off still because I two, lost. Let's, let's, let's decide versions. that. Let's decide that right now. Yeah, Am we'll I still two, well, hopeful? We'll do two versions just because yeah. we don't okay. know. Okay. So let's hear, hear, yeah. kind of hear how you feel about it. Yeah. With uh, the yeah. assumption that we're going to air this prior to the prior. Golden Globes, so which I'm still will be hopeful. January twelfth. I'm still hopeful. I haven't been crushed yet. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Oh no, this is. Uh, great, so, but we can also do a little after we're done. We'll do a little section if I if we'll you do, do it, air yeah. it afterwards. And, yes. I, and of course I've lost, mm -hmm. and I can be real pissy. Okay, so let's yeah. do okay. the first one first. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Golden Globes is coming up, Bobby. Great you event. You got to be. I I'm just looking so forward to it. <laughs> and it, you know, it's not about winning. Yeah. It's not about winning at all. Yeah. I mean, if you win, that's great. What a lovely attitude. Yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if you lose, uh, then. That's great too. Yeah. Well, so, really you know, is. That means that some other buddy else got really happy yeah. that night. Yeah. So, now, yeah. is the Hollywood Foreign Press? Are they? Do they? Do you court them or do they court you? How does that work? What's that whole thing going? Well, How does that whole thing work? It's fine. I did go down to L.A. and then to New York, and I did a lot of publicity. Right. A, a lot of events. Some we do private screenings. Do you get lots of goodie bags? Like, do you have goodie bags coming out? There of your was ears? only one time they had. Uh, they for some reason they had a. a, a a shoe rack set up in the back room and I said pick some shoes and do it quickly really? so, I, so I ended up with shoes that are a little small so I'm going to take them back <laughs> so I can find these people well you're oh, going to get an awesome yeah. Golden Globe goodie bag they I yeah. hear they give out good ones you're yeah. going right you're going to be there yes I am yes. I am going because yeah. my wife Valerie always loves to go and watch me lose Oh yeah. yeah, she gets a big kick out of it for some reason it's okay alright okay now yeah. so now yeah. let's say we now have we're going to run this podcast after the Golden okay. Globes, okay? Right. Yeah. And uh, and he's lost. Yeah. And, and Okay, in this yeah, case, you've I've lost. lost. Then we'll also do one where you've won. Well, we okay? don't need to do that. That's not necessary. <laughs> well, let's just, just in case, yeah. just so we yeah. have it. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, so, uh, <laughs> so, it's, uh -huh. so it's so exciting. That yeah. Okay, you, so, uh, the, yeah. What okay, a, first I've lost? 
No, no, we, no, no. Okay. first you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. Were lost. Okay, oh, we gotta keep this straight. Yeah. So, so Bob, the, yes. uh, yeah. the Golden Globes. So, yeah. what a uh, huge disappointment. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> must have really. You must be shattered. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing: the, the whole event is illegitimate. I don't, you know, uh, I, I don't know how they got these awards going. Like who started it? Yeah, you know, who's behind what it? Are you saying there's a fix, sort of? Well, I would like to. You know, I would like to audit the voting process. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't want to be, a, you know, like a sore loser about the whole thing. <laughs> but you know, I mean, what, Spike Jones. Come, come on. on. Come on. David O. Russell. Yeah. I mean. Those hacks. Yeah. yeah. It's, right. uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little sore. I, we probably should have waited a few months before we did this. Yeah. Well, did you, were you, were you, um, yeah. do you regret the yeah. uh, camera panning to you during the yeah. losing moment? And yeah. what, put what you, you did? put you in that little box and, and everything. And what you did on the camera, do you regret that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, who knows, knew so many people can read lips. Yeah. It's, uh, right. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was a little. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. this is the first time you ever went to Golden Globes. You probably didn't yeah. know all the protocol. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's tough. That's no, tough it's, a, it's a great event. It's just the voting. There's something wrong with it. There's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I guess uh, what I yeah. read uh, after huh. the next day is mm-hmm. that you uh, uh, were asked to leave shortly yeah. after you lost. Is it? Uh, uh, it wasn't actually even shortly after. It was immediately. It was and right then. You probably I, weren't even asked. You know, they had those seat fillers. It, yeah. Uh, those guys were very busy. Uh, so is, it was not because of your behavior. It's just because you lost that you were asked to leave. Yeah. Is that right? It was both, a combination, really. Um, well, no, Crank, you know, in my defense, I've never lost a Golden Globe before. That's true. So I didn't know how to, what you're supposed to do, how to react. Yeah. I didn't know how. I just wanted to be in the moment and not censor myself and just, uh, you well, know, I, I'm not going to do the fake, oh, that's nice, you know, Woody Allen want, you know, yeah. all that. Uh, no, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, now we'll do the final. Now we'll do the version where you have. Uh, yeah. Let's just consider the yeah. wildest possibility that yeah. you win. Okay. Yeah. So now you've, now yeah. you're back in town. You've yeah. gone to the Golden Globe. Right. You've won yeah. the Golden Globe for the uh-huh. best original screenplay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so Bob, congratulations! That was fantastic. Can you believe it? Well, I mean, thank you. I guess, but you know. I really thought David O. Russell had the best uh, screenplay of the year. Oh, that's so... No, ser- I'm serious. And, and 12 Years a Slave was in the category because they, they don't divide it up into original and adapted. It's just five oh. of us oh, lumped oh. in there. I see. So, so and this is shocking. I, to me, the other four were much better. So this is Has this depressing. Changed I'm going to write some letters. Has this changed no. you or will it change you in any way? Yeah. Well, now I don't really believe in any of these award shows at all. I mean, if, the way- I, if I went for Nebraska... Over twelve years a slave, then what does wow. that tell you about the world we're living in? Well, I, I just Very thought frankly. I I just I found your acceptance speech. It yeah. was, uh, yeah, you said some stuff there that yeah. uh, made it sound like you felt uh-huh. like you did deserve to win. Yeah, and uh, you really kind of thumbed your nose at those other uh-huh. uh, screenwriters who did yeah. not win. Right, and uh, and you put down. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that actually were acting in the movie as well. Yeah. You made it all about you. You never uh-huh. thanked your wife or yeah. your mom or anybody that helped you uh-huh. along the way. You'd left my name out. That was that mm-hmm. was evident. yeah. I noticed yeah. that. Uh, and uh, I just thought, uh, man, this guy has really done a star turn here all uh-huh. of a sudden in a twinkling of an eye. Yeah. One name is called out from a podium, and all of a sudden you're uh-huh. you're a different person. Yeah, we think you've well, changed. We think you've changed is what was yeah. Was my point is it because that 
you're having to sit here looking at the Golden Globe right now that I actually brought it. Yeah, do you carry that like everywhere with you? Everywhere. He has it yeah. around his neck I right know. now. I'm yes. going to have it mounted on the front of my car as wow. an ornament. <laughs> yeah. You don't see those much anymore, but you will now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hope that is exactly what yes. happens, Bob. We are rooting yeah. for I'm you. Really, it, we but really you know are. what? It, it really doesn't matter. That is just a wonderful script you wrote. And oh, thanks. Uh, it's all about that's. It's all about the movie. I don't care about you know these awards. You know, uh, the fact that I'm a hundred to one shot for the Golden Globe doesn't oh, really? bother me at all. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I was such a long shot that I did not set my alarm to watch the announcements. Mm-hmm. So the uh, producer called me at five thirty in the morning. And I and even after he told me, I said, "Never do this again." Okay, don't do not wake me up. Wow. That's, yeah. See, you know, I really well. Need entertainment my sleep. Entertainment yeah. Weekly thinks you are the odds-on favorite, and that's a pretty pretty big uh, pretty big deal. Entertainment Entertainment Weekly, Weekly? Yeah. for the Golden Globe. Yes, Odd, odds-on favorite. She reads that magazine every every week. So. You mean <clears throat> I should write a speech? because I wasn't going to write a speech. And you might want to, dra- you know, yeah. wash. And shave <laughs> ah. and wear clean underwear that night because yeah. you may be up there. Hey, Bob, let me ask you this. If oh. you felt so strongly yeah. about the, that business and the phoniness uh, of it and yeah. the, the artificiality of the award uh-huh. and all of that, yeah. you, you why didn't you go up and do like a George C. Scott or, or even a Marlon Brando and not show up and not accept yeah, the award? Yeah, why don't you just no. stay home? Just not accept it. What a statement. Well... I I could do the yeah George, I could send up a like Marlon Brando a Native American yes send well Native put American. Pat put Pat in a put Pat yeah. in a ponytails and a feather he'll go up uh-huh. and take it for you yeah 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 or or you know there's uh-huh. people down on uh-huh. I don't know the Lummy tribe or something send somebody yeah. up and uh, and fill in for you and tell them, and, and tell them why yeah. Yeah. you're not accepting the award. Uh, I'm going to accept it. <laughs> oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm accepting it. I'm just going to say that I don't believe in it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's I the difference. Yeah. With that's a yeah, distinct that's difference. Good. Yeah. That's good. Very exciting. Are you working on yeah. another screenplay? Well, in fact, uh, the one I have out now is set on a, on, on a reservation. Yeah. And wow. it, it's a, a story about a Native American girls softball team. And it's just hilarious. It's touching. It's the best movie of 2016. It's the feel good movie <laughs> good. of that year. Is it based and, on? Is it based? Yeah. I I do know that the, the story you just did, yeah, uh, the, the Nebraska, was based on an article, small article you saw in a newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this one you're talking about now based on something you saw somewhere? It uh, that I heard. Yes, actually, uh, I, I got a report of. Uh, of a first-year uh, girls softball team, and the and the I know the coach that they asked to come in and help them get started, and it, it you know they, there were some stories in there, and I told them, hey, that might make a a movie, so uh, I wrote it up, and the other thing I did was uh, I told Joel McHale of Almost Live and now Community and the Soup, uh, right at the beginning before I even started writing about the story, and he said, I love that one. And uh, we, he had called me saying, "What, what are you writing?" I, I you know, I, I'd like to be in a movie of yours sometime. Wow, that's and, rather bold of him. Yeah, I know. But he he called right as I was getting ready to start, and I said, "Okay, I'll write it for you." And uh, so Joel is attached. Nice. My last goal in life is to make Joel McHale a movie star. <laughs> I'm going that it, whatever it takes. Yeah. And we went out and we talked to producers and we signed up a company called uh, Mr. Mud. It's John Malkovich's production wow. company, and they produced Juno, 
And last year they produced The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm -hmm. So they've done young adult uh, type movies in the past. So now all all we need is some dough. A lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. That's for McHale, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joel is, he. I don't know how he did this, but he's all, already up to the $20 million, uh, uh, uh movie oh my god level yeah that's, that's quite a paycheck yeah i mean he just blew by all the people that uh yeah you know the george clooney's and hmm. that and, yeah we weren't i know yeah. i'll not tell you we can't get him to be on this podcast yeah. yeah yeah the only people we've yeah. gotten to be on well you're it you're about it and the first one <laughs> yeah yeah you're not really going to use this right no, no i mean no, seriously no we're going to use it okay well final question for you this yeah. movie nebraska yeah uh, it was made in black and white. Uh-huh. Uh, what was that? Your thought that that was? A, did you think of it that way all the time or not? No. The first page of my script it says that a truck rolls down the, the golden grain. <laughs> That's what it does. <laughs> byways of Nebraska. Yeah. And the other thing, I was writing it as a spec script and also a, a reading script. But uh, I, I was going to try and get a TV job. But I also thought, well, I, now I've got this little movie. Maybe we can get a Sundance. One or two million dollar movie made, uh, but it, it would it wouldn't have been a good idea for an out of work screenwriter with no prospects to say. And by the way, this has to be in black and white, absolutely. Or so, I walk. Uh, it was, right. That was all Alexander <laughs> Payne's idea, and I think it was a, a a great call on his part. I think it looks really great in black and white, and it, as you've seen. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Don't yeah. you think, Pat, that to yeah. the black and white? Sure. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see it, I would have wanted. Say, I would have wanted one third color, but one uh, third. Kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe. a green, uh-huh. black and white and green. Whatever. Yeah. The ink is black. The page is white. But the uh, what's what's weird is it's all black and white, but the submarines are in color. <laughs> yeah, they are. Stop teasing we gotta go, me, Bob. We got to go see that together. <laughs> I would I would like to definitely do yeah. that. We're well, s- we are rooting for you. Oh, um, I, yeah, I well can't you hardly need, wait. You don't need to root for him. He's a, he's red hot in Hollywood. Yeah, I yeah. know. They know his name, uh-huh. uh, and uh, the and the you know the fact that the uh, movie was made by a guy that I you know used to work with is pretty he's one already that's cool i know he's he's mm. a big deal pat he, i know he's he a, really is big, a deal. big deal yeah you oh, know did you know yeah. that bob that you are no. a big deal well why are we doing this at pat's house why didn't he have to come to my place i didn't realize that <clears throat> because the guy at, the, at your gate said we couldn't come in <laughs> oh that's right yeah. you know we hollywood tried. hollywood is one big power play it's always you go into a meeting and uh they keep you waiting. If you're a writer, you wait 15 minutes. And you're sitting out there and you realize, if it's George Clooney sitting out here, he's not going to wait 15 minutes. Right? Right. So you know, they let you know. Right. And then you go in and you sit in, just like in the principal's office, you sit on those chairs that are two feet below them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Yeah, there's yeah, definitely you, yeah. definitely a power uh-huh. position there. I'm you- thinking after this movie's made, I'll get the seat that's a foot higher. Yep, it'll be so. just almost level with them. I but think not quite. I think you're there. I think you're there. Thanks, yeah. Bob. Thank you, Bob Nelson. Go see the movie. I'll go with you. on her front lawn, just a twirling her baton. Me and her went.
fold from the town of Lincoln, Nebraska, with a sawed-off Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.